Hello and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Ricardo Crepaldi, Director of Data Foundation at BSF and Ambassador of CDO Magazine in Germany. Today I'm calling from the Highland Palatinate in Germany and I will be the moderator for our interview. Today I have the pleasure to talking with Mike Meriton. Mike is co-founder and COO for the EDM Council. Hi Mike, how are you today? Hey Ricardo, good to be on this discussion with you and thank you for having me. Great. From where are you calling, Mike? Well, I am uh, based in the United States, uh, located in uh, the New York City area, and uh, I've been involved with the EDM Council and this effort around cloud from uh, the beginning days when we started this work in uh, 2020. So happy to be here. Oh, cool. And Mike, I'm very excited today. And could you give a brief overview about what's going to be the topic that you're going to have in our interview? Yeah, it's an exciting topic. Uh, virtually every mid and upper tier company is working today with one or more cloud companies. You know, the likes of Microsoft Azure or AWS or Google Cloud or IBM or other cloud offerings in the marketplace. And of course, everyone has great promise. There's tremendous potential with cloud. It's a hyperscaling technology. You can tackle business problems and volumes of data that was impossible to really do within the four walls of a company. And today that's now a, a, a tremendous opportunity. But pursuing cloud, it also has a combination of operational and business risks that have to be managed and protected so that you can be compliant to local jurisdictional laws like GDPR or CCPA. Uh, and that's not just in regulated industries, all companies now need to worry about protecting sensitive data across different jurisdictions. So today's topic is how do you pursue cloud in a, in a aggressive way, but absolutely protect sensitive data and have the right controls in place. And what I'm gonna to speak to with your help, Ricardo, in this dialogue is the leveraging of a industry framework that companies all came together, cloud companies, regulators, financial markets, other industries, to build a common cloud data management capabilities framework that's available for free for all companies to leverage to give them a blueprint on how to navigate and execute this. And then we're going to talk about the exciting new addition to this, that not only is there a blueprint to do this in cloud, multi-cloud and hybrid cloud, we now have the major cloud companies announcing that they've built these controls in to their platforms, which allows companies to accelerate their trusted cloud adoption. So that's our topic for today. Um, and very happy to be uh, with you on this discussion, Ricardo. Oh, awesome, awesome. Really looking forward. I couldn't uh, agree more because everyone that is working with data today is inevitable also involved with cloud. And then yeah. I could really imagine the number of questions and concerns that you have in our audience and really looking forward to learn more about the framework. But uh, Mike, before jump directly in the talks of the framework, do you mind to really sh also share some words about the EDM Council? Absolutely, and, and in fact, let me go ahead and share a, a little bit about the EDM Council as an or organization, which is we've been, we're essentially the global advocates for data and analytics management and professionals in that function. So we're the global nonprofit for people that do data and analytics. We've been operating, uh, if you haven't heard of us, we've been running now for 18 years, since 2005. The organization is a worldwide organization, so we operate in Europe, Africa, Asia, Australia, and the Americas. It's over 350 companies cross-industry. 
including regulators, and it represents 25,000 professionals and growing. Our principles are very simple. We believe in establishing a responsible data-driven organization and then helping that organization uh, have data literacy for all of their, their teammates in all of their functions, where they really leverage data and have a data-driven culture. Number two, you may say, well, how do we do this? We advocate collaboration and we are a neutral form. We are a nonprofit. We don't take funding to represent any commercial position. So companies, whether it's regulators or companies that compete, they come into the room and they work together on common business problems like how do you implement cloud controls in a multi-cloud environment? That's a complicated topic. So a little bit about uh, the areas that we uh, advocate is we do advocate best practices, standards, training, research, regulatory engagement. They're part of our membership and networking companies together just to make the journey a little bit easier. And in fact, uh, that has led to what allowed us to be, build out the cloud data management framework was bringing everyone together in a network. So that's a, a quick about the council. Um, so happy to have shared that with you. Oh, many thanks. And maybe later you can return to really understand more details about how to become a, a member. No? So then Mike, as you mentioned, the cloud is a very important topic, especially for those that are working with data. And you mentioned about a framework you know, that somehow is managed the cloud capabilities. Uh, could you provide a top level explanation about the CDMC credentialing? Sure, it's a great question about you know, how how did this work started? What inspired all these companies uh, to come together? And let me give you the backdrop. If I wind the clock back, uh, it was right about when the, the pandemic started in, in March of 2020. A group of companies, including the likes of Google, Morgan Stanley, London Stock Exchange, and others approached the council. They were actually working on building a series of cloud data management principles for protecting sensitive data in cloud and multi-cloud implementations. And in fact, uh, in the early days, uh, one of the companies, Google said, why don't you uh, work with the council because they were members of the council to build out a common framework that would allow companies to have a blueprint on how to build in these protections and this governance and all the accountability. And that became the start of the effort. In fact, one of the companies, Morgan Stanley, donated all of their principles to the council. And then we started the work group to start building this out. So I'm a, a, you know, a picture always tells us a thousand words. So just to go a little forward into showing the uh, picture of this, um, and we'll, uh, on the editing here, just give me a second to bring this up. So as you can see here, uh, this is very exciting. We, we said, listen, if we could have at least 10 companies get involved, we'll start. It actually ended up being 100 companies, uh, 300 subject matter experts, and companies across all the major sectors. So you'll see on the left some of the logos of the companies in the early days of the effort on the working group that represented the end organizations. We were also blessed that all of the major cloud companies, Microsoft, IBM, Google, Amazon, and other technology providers like Calibra, Snowflake, Informatica, all joined in to help out with this effort. And as we started building this framework uh, of common blueprint on how to attack and implement cloud data management controls, we then were starting to brief regulators in the financial markets and then across other markets as well. And all with an idea that what we wanted to do was release a framework, which finally got published on the 28th of September in 2021 as a blueprint 
that every company could use and download for their activities. So Ricardo, these this sort of gives the chart of the big picture. It was 750 Absolutely. meetings over a year and a half, uh, 45,000 work hours um, to solve these really complicated problems on how do you track and manage sensitive data across many jurisdictions and where possible automate the controls so companies can do and do this with trust. Where in other words, they won't have to guess that their data is being protected, but data is protected from the beginning. Oh, really cool. And also, I, I have seen that the framework actually is composed of some controls. Yes. Uh, and maybe you could give us a kind of top line understanding of each of those 14 controls that's part of the framework. So, Ricardo, that's a, a great question because in any big effort, it's always helpful to have uh, the focus or the bullseye of what you really want to achieve. So this is ultimately what got published, which is the CDMC framework. It's 160 pages. You'll see there are six major components. It starts first and foremost with governance. That's the first co component along with accountability. All data in cloud requires accountability and governance. Number two, all data that gets ingested into cloud needs to be immediately cataloged and classified. That is the second component. Number three, once it is cataloged and classified, then you can set up the parameters for the accessibility and usage rights of that data, depending on business use cases and jurisdictional laws around protecting the sensitive data. Number four, if it is cataloged and classified, your data that is sensitive will be immediately, obviously, encrypted and controlled and protected. And that's the fourth component. Then you need to manage data through its entire life cycle. That is the fifth component of the framework. So from the data gets ingested to any transformations, its full data lineage and all of its data quality tracking and metrics, all the way to the point where there should be a retention schedule and you should be tracking at what point should that data be archived out of cloud and stored uh, or disposed of, depending upon what your retention schedules are. And then finally, there's a technical architecture that cloud sits on top of, and you have to manage in multi-cloud environments. It covers all of this as well. Now, as mentioned, this is a free framework, and then we're gonna cover the controls, which Ricardo was your original question. This uh, QR code on the bottom right, if you grab your camera or you have your uh, smartphone, you can actually snap that. It'll bring you to the free download of the CDMC framework, which you can use immediately for your own company. Now, let's talk about the, the key controls of the framework. You'll see here are 14 controls. And you'll see that the very first one you know, starts out with data control compliance. And there's data ownership. There's authoritative data sourcing and provisioning points. And very, very importantly, the fourth control, data sovereignty and cross-border movement of sensitive data. Ricardo. If, if you read the newspapers in the last few days, uh, a very large company, I think it was Meta, was fined by the European Union because they were of a, a, a concern that data left the European Union and uh, broke their data privacy laws. So, and that was a billion dollar fine. So it's a lot of exposure to companies and control number four actually was recommended by our regulators that went through the review of these controls to assure we had a automated control that tracked the movement of data cross jurisdiction, cross border to make sure it met the laws of that jurisdiction. Then you'll see a control for cataloging, for classifying, for setting your entitlements. Control eight, 
knowing the purpose of your consumption of that data, the security controls number nine, doing data privacy impact assessments. And then you move into the life cycle. We have to have retention schedules. We have to have archiving and purging. We need to measure our data quality. And then the technical architecture, which will cover data lineage and cost metrics, a very important thing. One of the risk factors in crowd is that if you don't have your cost metrics built into the fabric, you run the risk that inadvertently suddenly cloud becomes much more expensive than anticipated. So the team also recommended that there be a dedicated control for capturing cost metrics real time and reporting that to business so you can keep an eye on your cost of implementing cloud and meet your budget. Now you'll see on the top right, all of the different types of jurisdictional sensitive data that the framework is designed to encompass. So there's PI, PII, if you're in the healthcare or pharmaceutical industry, it's personal health information. You know, you'll see other designations like you know, company or client identifiable information. And these are all of the designations that if you peel back all of the legislation around GDPR, CCPA, these are the actual definitions. And we wanted to make sure, and so did the regulators that were doing the review, that this framework would comprehensively handle all of these requirements. So when we published in September of 21, this became the, uh, the manifesto, the key, we must achieve these 14 key controls. And here's the beautiful thing, Ricardo, that I'd, I'd like to talk more about with you, is that not only is it in paper, is it written into a framework that you can now download and read, these 14 key controls, the major cloud companies and other technology firms like Snowflake have implemented directly into their product. And that's the really cool part because it's very hard for companies to build this by themselves. And the cloud companies sat at the table, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and uh, you know, to help implement this into their frameworks. And that's what's now being announced in the marketplace. No, really, really impressive. And you just mentioned about the adoption of some of those controls. And uh, how about the forecasting of the adoption of the 14 controls? This is something that you see all the companies implemented all of those. There is any kind of sequence. What is about the forecast? It's a, it's a, it's a great it's a great question, uh, Ricardo. In other words, can you implement individual controls? The answer is yes. But this is meant to be a comprehensive data risk control framework, which means if you really want to protect against data risk or data leakage or any kind of uh, you know, cyber threats, you need to have all 14 of these running. So I like to make the analogy of this. We all drive a car, right? And a car has uh, risk and safety features like seatbelts or uh, an airbag. There's side airbags, there's anti-lock brakes, there's anti-collision technology. The best way of looking at these controls would be exactly that way, that each of these are like the seatbelts, the airbags, the auto collision detection. And you have to ask yourself a question. Do you want to get in a car or do you want to drive your company in, in cloud and not have these running? And so the intent of these controls is that no matter what industry you're in and no matter what your use cases are, that ultimately a company will be protecting its data and using it for business use cases appropriately if they're using these 14 controls. So that, that's an exciting thing that says, hey, if we do this, and especially if it's built into the cloud providers, then we can do lots of different business use cases without taking risk. And so often people go, hey, are these just locking down the data so you can't use it? No, 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 it's the opposite. 
If you use these controls at the granular level, then you open up your data for use cases without taking risk. And this becomes a business enablement strategy, not a just lock your data down strategy. Does that make sense? No, totally. Great analogy. Great analogy. Crystal clear. And Mike, since you mentioned all about uh, uh, in this analogy about uh, data risk control and cyber threat, maybe you can also share with us what's your forecast uh, for the data management, data protection for the next three and five years that is really related about what you are talking about? No, that's it's a great question. So, I mean, here here's my take. Um, li listen, uh, this is a little bit of another in the category of an astounding statistic, but if you really look at the percentage of data that's in cloud versus on-prem, a lot of people, when I've asked the question, I've done it in large audiences at a conference, I said, well, you know, raise your hand if you think uh, more than 50% of data in the world is in the cloud. And most people will raise their hand. And I'll go, well, I hate to surprise everyone, but somewhere around only five to 10% of data in companies is in the cloud today. Now there are some that have done more, but many have done less. And so right now, the 90% plus of data that could be in cloud will only get into cloud if there are proper controls and risk and governance. And that's why this framework becomes such an important enabler, which is these controls that have been reviewed by regulators, reviewed by 100 plus companies are implemented, it speeds up accelerating the journey to attack that other 90% of data that's not yet in the cloud. And the reason it's not in the cloud is because companies are worried and have fear that there aren't adequate controls in public cloud. And now the good news is there are, and it's been, uh, now we're being, it's being directly released thanks to the leadership of companies like Microsoft and others. No, thanks. Thanks for for the answer. Make total sense. And again, another connection question. No, because then uh, I would like to return the focus to the framework itself. And you yeah. just mentioned Microsoft as one example that has just adopted the fourteen controls. Can you tell me about other cloud data companies that might be looking to join? Yeah, no, this is, this is great. Well, the good news is all of the major cloud companies and many of the technology providers like Snowflake help build the frameworks. So they sat in the same room with financial companies and others to help get this up and running. And, and you may ask, well, th this was a really interesting question. We almost had to pinch ourselves during the meetings because these meetings would have 40 or 50 people week after week working on these controls and more. And in the room, you'd see Google product managers working with Azure, Microsoft product managers, working with AWS product managers, and you would think they would never, ever be in the same meetings together. And why did they do this? Because they wanted to hear the exact requirements from all of these other companies on what they needed for data risk management and cloud data management so that they could then look at how could they invest and build this into their platform. Because remember, for them, they are really big companies today, but they're only doing 5 to 10% of cloud business. The other 90% is a big opportunity for Microsoft, for Amazon, and for Google, for any cloud providing company. So this became a common specification for them to help build this framework in the first place. Once they had, we published the framework and the controls, 
then it was an opportunity for them to engineer it directly into their platforms. And the first company to do it was Snowflake. Snowflake actually took their platform. They have 5,000 customers worldwide. And they uh, worked with an independent audit firm, which is a partner of the council. At the time, it was KPMG. They're also a member of the council. And then KPMG audited Snowflake to see, can they run these controls in Azure, in AWS, and also in Google Cloud? And they proved it. And then not only that, but Snowflake actually then took this and published it on an open website so people could download these controls and start implementing them. So they, they did number one. Number two, AWS in December announced at reInvent, which is their big annual Amazon Web Service Conference, that they have built a configuration that leverages Glue, which is their internal cataloging and classification capability that can help implement this as well. And they've announced it. And then a really cool thing is that Microsoft Azure in March, about a, you know just a month or two ago, announced a full native implementation of these 14 controls inside of Microsoft Azure, leveraging Purview, which is their governance platform, and their other suite to address all of these natively. And they certify, which means they went that extra level and they brought in Accenture and Avanade to, to actually audit that all of these functions are running natively within their platform, and they successfully achieved that and have now made that available to all Azure customers worldwide. So you know, you've had Snowflake, Amazon, now Microsoft at that next level, and we're really hopeful other major cloud companies will be announcing very shortly because it's good for their business because at the end, it's protecting data and allowing more use cases to be done with trust so it's going to help the end company have confidence when they go to their board and they go to their top executive stakeholders that they have a trusted cloud and multi-cloud environment. And that's what these controls let you do. Well, excellent. It's really interesting to see that it's not only about the hyperscale uh, cloud providers, but you mentioned Snowflake and maybe any other company has the potential to benefit for, for that framework. Later, I am going to return to, to the very same question, but I'd like to construct a kind of rationale uh, before. Uh, because one thing that maybe, Mike, you could explain to us is uh, uh, actually what is the difference between the certified and being assessed in the framework? Yeah, yeah. it's a great question. So first, um, let me make the differentiation between what can technology firms do versus in companies, Okay. So the end company, uh, and this is great, and I can talk publicly about it. So we've had many uh, webinars in the last several months. So we've had like Ben Clench, who's with British Telecom, or uh, Keeley, uh, who is the CDO at Ford Motors Credit Division. And we've had uh, Bala Ayer, who's the US CDO for SOCGEN. And we've had like Wes Anderson, who's the global head of governance at Toronto Dominion. So we've had cross industry top executives coming in and talking about, hey, um, you know, these are, you know, I, we want to use this framework because we are doing cloud and we want to leverage this. So the 160 pages of the framework that's free for all companies is a blueprint on how to get two things, your technology with controls and your governance and processes ready to go. So the framework is for the end company and they can be both assessed to see if they have gaps and then they can remediate the gaps against the framework. So it's designed to be an auditable framework. And there's independent companies. Uh, we have 30 or 40 companies worldwide that have signed up to be independent auditors 
to do assessments and to do certification. So the assessment, you may, well, what's the difference between assessment and certification? Assessment is like doing it the first time. Where do we have gaps? Where do we need to invest? It sort of gives you like, hey, what do I need to do to get all of this up and running? So we would recommend that people download the framework, read it, use it as an internal blueprint, and then they can either on their own score it, or they can hire an independent firm to do an assessment and give them a report card of, hey, where do I need to fix things and implement things? When you have finally done those investments, then we recommend companies certify. And what certify means is that we're here to make sure it's absolutely running. And we modeled this right after similar other certification frameworks. So if you look at ISO or you look at SOC 2 in the US, those are certification programs that are designed that once you certify, you know, an independent company needs to do that, by the way. Can't, you can't certify your own environment. It's like grading your own sure. home. You, know, you have to have an independent firm do it. Then you get a letter issued back to you saying, we're certified. It comes from the council that says, we've received from one of the authorized audit firms notification that you have fully achieved this operating environment and we will then issue a digital certification that says your operating environment is uh, under cdmc and it lasts for 12 months you may say why 12 months and this is similar to SOC 2 or iso they're 12 months as well because enough things change in 12 months underneath the hood like different versions of platforms different tools that then you can recertify on an annual basis. So again, assess is do it for the first time to find out what you need to do. Once you get the report card or you do it for yourselves off the free framework, then when you, you're ready to get certified, that means we're ready to confirm it's operational. You get one of the independent partners. There are many throughout the world, by the way, large and small, all different sizes. Then you get certified and then the council will issue the digital badge to say you have a trusted cloud environment following all of the guidance operationally and with the automated controls. And that's what in companies can do. For the technology firms like Snowflake or Microsoft Azure or Google, they can certify against the 14 technical controls. They can do one, two, five, eight, or all 14. So Microsoft is an example. They not only assess themselves, they got certified to prove that each of these are fully operational, and that's what they announced. And they had Accenture and Avanade uh, go through that and validate it. So again, the technical firms just can do the 14 controls because it's not their job to set up your governance program. It's not their job to set up your accountability. They just need the technical controls that your team can then turn on by following the rest of the operational guidance of the framework. So hopefully, uh, Ricardo, that that explain the difference between assessment and certification uh, and what the end company does versus the technical company. Because everyone gets to use this framework. It's It's been really useful for all segments, including the regulators. No, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Totally clear. And just to make clear uh, uh, for those that is watching the, the record, uh, who in the end oversee the certification? Is EDM Council or Study Parties? It, it's a it's a great question, uh, Ricardo, of who oversees the certification. So companies sign up to be authorized partners with the council to represent the framework. We're not a consulting firm. We're, we're a standards body and we're a nonprofit globally. So we help build the standard. But then what happens is whether you're Accenture, uh, Avanade, KPMG, or any of the other, there's 30 or 40 companies that have signed up. And you can see who these companies are by just visiting the edmcouncil.org website. Uh, and the way it works is that those companies 
Uh, you can contract them to go in and do an assessment or to do a certification. And th that's optional. It's not required. You don't have to hire a consulting firm to go do this. But if you want independence and you want to eventually certify, we recommend that you use one of the partners. Your early option is you can just download the framework. It's completely free. Every company in the world can use it by visiting the edmcouncil.org website. Uh, and we'll have the, the, the QR code on the screen here just so that you can go do that. You can just download it and use it as a blueprint and start getting ready for this. Uh, but if you want to get a formal assessment or a formal certification, you need to contract one of the authorized partners. And we've made sure that they've all of their consultants have been trained and certified on the framework, Ricardo. That's one of the, their contractual obligations so that anyone doing work for you, you know, has been properly trained and certified. And then we rely on our partners in the marketplace that are also council member firms to then actually do the physical work of reviewing the implementation, auditing against the framework, because it is an audit framework. There's questions, there's scores, and it goes across the entire framework. And then they deliver the report to the end company. Now, if the end company wants to be officially certified, the end company will then share that result with the council. We make sure it's from an authorized partner. We make sure that the partner represents that the framework has been fully certified. And when we see that from the partner, we then issue the digital certification badge and it runs for, if it's a certification for 12 months. So that's the process of how we achieve this. And this is very similar to SOC, uh, SOC 2 assessments and certifications and ISO uh, assessments and certifications. In fact, the large audit firms that help build this with us along with the cloud and all the end companies, we model it after SOC 2 and after ISO certifications and assessments. No, thanks. And this was exactly the, the line of thought that I was uh, creating because maybe this is really my very own question that could be also the question of those that is watching us. And you have a right answer, but I'd like to make even more clear. That is about, uh, is the certification also for me? Uh, I work with a chemical company in Germany. Uh, and this is the question, the certification apply only to cloud companies or to any other kind of companies, any other verticals? Yeah, so the, the framework was... The number one target is the end company. So whether you're a bank, a large manufacturer, a regional firm, it's for the end company. It's for them to have their operational and technical. It's, it's a blueprint. In fact, uh, Bala Ayer, who is the uh, US CDO at SOCGIN in a conference a few weeks ago, he goes, Mike, the biggest thing it's doing for me is I have to work as a CDO with my head of security with my CTO, with my compliance team, with my regulation team. And when we have to do these meetings on our own without a blueprint, it's like trying to build a house with a committee. Very hard to do. The big thing that CDMC has done is give us a blueprint. It's like building a house. Now we have the blueprint and we're all sitting at the table. In fact, Ben Clinch from British Telecom, they're using it right now as SOCGEN is. They're using it as their blueprint to implement these governance and processes and the controls with their cloud company. You need all three pieces to really put this full framework in to implement this and do this in a smart way. So at the end, the end company gets the controlled and trusted environment. The consulting firms are there to help provide the independence and the training and so forth. The council has helped manage and up, will we'll continuously update the standard because it continues to get updated over time. And then the cloud companies have taken the controls and automated them. So now you can use your major cloud providers 
And those things are already built for you to turn on with all the, the guidance of the framework. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And if I want to start this endeavor, how long does the certification last? It's it's a great question. So the first thing we would recommend, download the framework. It's free. Read it, share it with your CTO, and let your team know. It's, it's still, and by the way, um, a big thank you, Ricardo, to the work you do and that the work CDO Magazine is doing on this. Because though we had lots of people involved, it's still a little bit of the best kept secret that there's now a formal cloud framework that's free for every company to use in the marketplace. Back to the timetable, it depends on where you are in your journey. Uh, if you're at the point where you already have selected your major cloud provider and you want to turn on these controls, this, this framework can apply be applied very quickly. If you're not sure who within Microsoft or Amazon or any of the cloud companies who's worked on this, contact the EDM Council and we can connect you to the team and product managers that built the framework. Even these cloud companies are very big and not everyone is fully aware that this framework is now available, but there are teams of people that have built this that are already working on it and ready to go. So we would help you connect the dot uh, quickly so that you get the right part of those companies to work with you on this framework. But the other thing we recommend is go to the training class. The training class is a two-day course offered by the council. There is a modest cost for doing that, but it will be a great way for you. If you want to train 10 or 15 people, we have companies now putting in 10 or 20 people who are working on cloud, all getting trained on the framework. It gives a common language for everyone to know what good is and what best practice is, uh, you can do that as well. And those things are quick and not major investments. And then finally, uh, when you're ready, do an assessment, do one internally, it's all scored. The framework you download allows you to, we give a spreadsheet, you can actually scorecard where your gap are and on your own get a quick report card on, hey, where do we need to invest to get this up and running? We do recommend at some point you do get an independent assessment and you eventually independently certify, but that can be down the road. It doesn't have to be the first thing you do. We recommend download it, get your team aware of it, uh, connect with your cloud providers that you're working with now, make sure they're the right part of their team is connected to it as well. Maybe get some training. And then when you're ready, do an assessment. When you're ready, get certified. It's sort of a journey that has steps along the way. Oh, cool. And uh, is the council partnering with someone else or this is a closed loop system about everything that you just mentioned? Uh, I, it's, it's, it's quite the opposite. It was a very open loop. We invited member, non-member firms to work and build this. So Ricardo, it was truly in my life, it's the biggest project I've ever been involved in. It, we thought we'd have five or 10 companies working on this. It ended up being a hundred. We thought we'd have one or two cloud companies. It was all of the majors and more help jumping in and, and and the amount of goodwill and openness to build this was was phenomenal. We never thought this many companies would dive in and help build this for everyone's benefit. And frankly, it was just good to see people collaborating for everyone's benefit, right? So that that's open. And the framework is a open free license for any company in the world to use and download. So to me that's a open loop. Now, for companies that want to get certified, trained, they want to be out in the market representing this as either consulting firms, implementation houses, you do have to be part of the council and you have to get trained. And we want to make sure as the council, we're a nonprofit, that companies that represent the framework have people fully trained. And then for the end company, if you're a bank, manufacturer, consumer products, retail, 
technology, any type of business that's leveraging cloud, this framework has been proven to work cross industry. That's why we have banks, uh, telecommunication firms, pharmaceutical firms, uh, retailers are all looking and implementing this framework now. The biggest issue for us, which is what CDO Magazine and Ricardo you're helping with, is getting the word out that this body of work, which is open for everyone to use, is available for them right now. Because the biggest thing we're hearing that people are saying is, hey, to do cloud, it's no one person in our company. It's our CTO. It's our chief security officer. It's our chief digital officer. It's our compliance team. It's our legal team. It's the re retention records part of our, our business. All of these teams need to come together and have a blueprint on how to do cloud right. And that's exactly what this is designed to do. And it speeds up the entire process with trust. Absolutely. Mike, really many thanks for this very passionate discussion. I really love this time with you because it's not only about to provide knowledge and content, but you have also provided some tools for our audience. That is one of the most important objects of the CDO magazine. And maybe one last question is for those that is watching us, uh, could you give us some more reference about those that want to have more information about the framework or even about the, the council, how to become a member, for instance? Maybe you can share with us some uh, uh, more details to, for the reference. Now, uh, great. And thank you, uh, Ricardo, for the uh, question. So uh, as mentioned at the beginning, uh, we would love for companies to be part of the EDM Council community. Uh, there's a QR code here. You can just scan it. It brings you to uh, the EDM Council. If you'd like to set up a meeting to learn more about us, we do many things in addition to cloud. We have ESG data. We have ROI for the CDO. How do you build the ROI for your team? We have training programs. Uh, so we're, we're a membership designed at the company level, not the individual level. But if an individual wants to learn, they can reach out to us as well. So we encourage companies to join the community. Also, if you go to the main website and click on frameworks, which is one of the main menu items, you can then click on CDMC and download the free framework. So we want to be clear that it's optional to join the council, uh, but the license to use the cloud framework that you and I have been talking about is free for all companies. So please, 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 if you're involved with cloud and you're in a data or security or any related functions, download the framework. Uh, the worst scenario would be you don't use this free resource that's available for everyone. Many thanks. I guess that the message is totally clear. So Mike, thank you for joining me today and hope that you guys who watched us have enjoyed as much as I have. And for more interviews like this, please visit cdomagazine.tech. Bye. Thank you, Ricardo. Take care, everyone.